Hey y'all, this is Jacqueline just chiming in real quick before the episode to let y'all know that this is the first time in this podcast that I have gotten to interview somebody over Zoom remotely from our studio. So while this is wonderful because I desperately want the podcast to expand um, not just like through America, but through, you know, globally, it does mean that we are working out audio kinks regarding recording via Zoom. Zoom. So when you listen to the audio today, it may just sound a tiny bit different, but it is equally as amazing and enjoyable. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Tarot podcast. Um, I am Jacqueline from the Awaken Tarot Instagram account. Same name. Super easy. I did that on purpose to be less confusing for myself. Um, today, we have Megan. Um, she's a guest that I met on Instagram um, through Lindsay Mack's course. That's where we met, right? I believe um, so. And you you write the most amazing intuitive poetry. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> it's so, so wonderful. And it's such a, so I went to college for poetry. That's like one of my, oh. one of my degrees. And the fact that you do that, it's so gorgeous. And you are also, um, one of the things I really love talking to you about is that you also have chronic illness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do too. And you just have, you always have the most like, um, um, oh God, it starts with an S and I've forgotten the entire word. Solidarity. I there you it. go. <laughs> you, are, you are so good at empathizing in a way that's like solidarity and not, and, and, and that just makes me feel so much better, even though like, I hate that you also struggle with anything. <laughs> you introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody, <laughs> dear listeners. And uh, thank you, Jacqueline, for having me. Really, it's really, um, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to do something like this. So here I am. Uh, my name is Megan. And um, I've been reading tarot for a quite a while, quite a long time. I think I started when I was um, somewhere between 11 and 13 is my, yeah, yeah. I, um, there's this little, uh, metaphysical shop that was in the next city over (laughs) from the tiny town I grew up in, um, called enchantments. And it was just, um, you know, witchy supplies, candles and books and stuff. And I would make my parents take me there often and bless them. They did it. (laughs) And, uh, I picked up a tarot deck one day, uh, this one, this one right here. And I just, um, I thought this is cool and didn't realize tarot was like a thing that, had been around for forever and a lot of people use. And, um, I just started reading for myself and had never really read any books or, you know, the little white book that came with the deck that's basically useless. And, uh, that was it. And I threw that away and I just, yeah, I did. I just, uh, really intuitively that word is used so often. I mean, I, I do it too, but (laughs) a little overused, but, um, yeah, I learned the cards intuitively and I didn't start reading for other people until maybe I want to say about about three years ago, I just felt really called to do that and found like through Instagram that that's a thing that people do. And I'm just clueless over here in my own little, you know, (laughs) that's so similar. So your, your time period for tarot is much broader than mine. Cause I've only had a deck since 2017, but very similarly, I got this deck. The guidebook was shit. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so if I want to do something with these cards, I have to figure it out myself. Yeah. And I didn't know that tarot was a thing on Instagram. I didn't know there was this very easy and very occasionally free resource for like yeah. with people. And I found it after I'd already taught myself this really like wacky way of reading tarot. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> and I was like, oh good. Like a lot of what I initially thought intuitively like adds up to what people are teaching. Mm. That's a relief. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's amazing that you did that. And actually I have to tell you, you use that and I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Heindel. I say Heindel. I, it's embarrassing. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. I know he's Herman Heindel's ger- or was German. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe there's a listener out there who speaks German who can <laughs> correct us. They just is they, they send me like the phonetic spelling. Listen, yeah. people were posting pictures of that deck and about yeah. mm, eight months ago, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I want to be able to study these pictures. So because you were posting pictures, yeah. I went and got oh, the Oh, wow. Did, did you? you? Oh. Yeah, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I did not know that. No, that's awesome. <laughs> like when you were like, oh yeah, I use that deck. And I was like, yeah, I know you do. Because mm. I crept on your profile and also have that same deck. <laughs> it's such an amazing deck. I just, I have others and I, I just don't use them as much. And like, I love them, but I, it's, it's, it's the one I feel the most connected to probably because I've had it for so long. But, mm-hmm. I feel that yeah. with my Smith Rider weight, it was like, mm-hmm. I, I actually learned on the line strider deck, which I don't know that deck. It's um, by Ciola Thompson, and it's a deck that's very, um, it was on Amazon, and that's how I found it, because the deck I was originally gifted by my stepmother was great, but I didn't connect to the imagery. It was like a Barnes & Noble, like, starter deck, like, kind of like, mm. like, kind of like a ripoff of the Smith Rider weight, sure. um, and I didn't connect to it, so I ended up finding the Line Strider, which is basically just, like, it's forest-themed. It's really pretty. I loved it, um, and I learned on that, which I think actually helped me kind of relate in my own way. But eventually, mm. I got this deck, um, the Smith Rider Weight, because I wanted to look at the classic version. Version. Mm. That version. I wanted to look at the classic <laughs> version, and I just like connected so hard um. with the deck that um, I have a ton, and I and I do use like every deck that I have. But the one that like feels most like home to me is my borderless Smith Rider weight. hmm <laughs> You've been reading tarot forever. Yeah, quite a while. Quite a while. It's funny. It's like, it's been an entirely different animal, um, learning how to read for other people, but because I have done this so internally and silently, you know, for mm-hmm. so long that I never really had to put into words what it meant, you know, it was always done by feeling and just sort of Wordless. a really, exactly a nonverbal, very much a nonverbal communication, which is, you know, a realm I'm happy <laughs> to be in. Um, and I, it's really been, been, been a challenge. If I'm being really honest, it's been a challenge reading for other people because, uh, it's just, like I say, it's totally different, totally different experience. It is a whole, it is truly, like you said, a whole nother like animal beast. Mm-hmm. Reading for yourself is very much like you have this open channel. And when you do that first, you really do develop almost like this pipeline from source to yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know yourself. I mean, arguably you using tarot, you're going to learn yourself more, but you know how you think already, right. happened, you know, when you first get a deck of cards, when you're reading for other people, all of a sudden it's, you have to get comfortable with thinking how you think for other people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there's so much self-trust that goes into that. In fact, I did a reading last night and like, I do readings a lot, but I went in like every reading I go into for a new person. I'm like, Oh fuck. What if I'm fake? Like, Oh shit. Yeah. What if right. <laughs> right. Right. Every time. Which is saying, Megan, can you tell people where they can find you so they can, and then t- maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your intuitive poetry. Cause it's. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you can find me online. Uh, my business name is ancient site holistics. And it's just ancientsiteholistics.com. And uh, you can find me on Instagram by that same name, Ancient Site Holistics. Um, I don't know. What would you like to know about the poetry? <laughs> like, I guess how people can, if they're interested in doing that with you or booking, a, booking that oh, session, yeah. or how can they do that? Because truly, it's such an amazing service you offer. And it's so oh, unique. It's so unique and so wonderful. And just like having the privilege of like, getting to like have been friends with you for a while and scrolling through your Instagram page. I'll get to read all of this stuff and see what you're doing. And you're just an amazing writer. Thank you. Thank you. That's really, thank you. (laughs) Um, so if you're, if you're interested in the intuitive poetry, um, I write just free poems just for, you know, whoever will receive them. Uh, and I post those on Instagram pretty regularly. Um, and then if you would like something that's custom, I, I do offer the poems as art pieces, basically, uh, through my website, uh, folks can order them, um, just commission basically an intuitive poem. And all that is, is me just entering into a state of receptivity and I just receive the words and out they come. And, uh, Occasionally there's a little composition that needs to happen because I think whoever it is that I'm channeling, they're not so into grammar and things (laughs) like that. And they like to make up words and things, you know, it's all very interesting. So it fits nicely in the realm of poetry because you can make your own rules. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that can, if folks are interested in an individualized intuitive poem, I'm very, very happy to do those when I get the opportunity. That's so wonderful. I'm so yeah. happy that you're on. And this is going to be such an amazing thing because you are the first person so far that I've had the privilege to interview that has had a tarot deck for an, an incredibly long time. Cool. I've <laughs> had it for like a couple years. I've had it for two years, uh, two and a half. I, I literally am so bad at math. I can't even figure out how long I've had a tarot deck. I got you it on both. my birthday. Like, <laughs> I think of it like I just have a really poor sense of linear time. I really do. It's just part of my being. So, you and I today like, were like time zones. Yeah. Like, I was in this morning and I went, um, hi, I just realized you probably don't live in the same state or time zone as me. True. <laughs> time, but I'm free all day. So just let me know when works best for you. Oh my God. I can do that. Like, the most unprofessional thing a person with a podcast can do. And I did yeah. it like straight out the gate with sweetness. Well, that's okay. You got it out of the way early. <laughs> do you want me to pull a card? So we yeah, let's do it. it. I'm so it. I did. And then we'll give you a chance to pull um, it out yeah. of deck so, or whatever deck you want to use. Yeah. All right. Our card for the day. Week. Because this is a podcast and it's released week. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The card is Chariot. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. I, you know, I had a really strong feeling it was going to be the lovers, but uh, yeah. I am delighted to have the chariot. Oh, that was easy to find. Well, you know, this is the card after the lovers. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. So I was close. <laughs> you were so, you were like linear time. You were like one minute. One off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one off. That's so funny. 
I love the chariot. I think yeah. it's such a fascinating card. Um, I want to know, well, we'll give you a second to find yours in your deck first. Oh, I have it. Oh, well. Yep. It was very easy to find. It was right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are really good at that. I would be like, card. <laughs> it was just like, it happened to be like the third or fourth card in the deck. <laughs> it was so ready. It was so ready. Yeah, it was ready. So I am working with the Smith Rider weight so that, um, for people that are listening to this and obviously you're not seeing anything cause it's all audio, the yeah. chariot and the Smith Rider weight is a human in a chariot that is about a, like a box around them. And the chariot is being pulled by two sphinxes. One is black and one is white. And in the background, there is a castle and you're working with the Heindel deck. Yes. And so we have, yeah. so sorry, no, go ahead. No, and I was like, that's basically a collage piece. So please. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's very different. I was going to pull out my Rider weight one too. I will in a minute. Um, uh, we have, it, it almost looks like a boat really. Yeah. Um, it's like a vessel on wheels, which I find interesting. And we've got this androgynous figure on the top, just, standing atop this almost this pile of gold it looks like to me i don't actually know what it's meant to be um and just kind of riding the waves you know i imagine this is a vessel in the sea there isn't much actual water on the card but that's what i think of and then in the back we have this great big um beast that looks like a wolf and a bit of a moon as well in the background sort of haunting almost <laughs> behind the uh figure on the top of the uh on the top of the chariot to the vessel that is such a like in-depth view of, of like because like again like and i've and i've said this on a previous episode but pamela coleman smith she took yeah. an over an archetype and then she took a feeling and she painted the most evocative feeling that she connected with onto that card and humans mm. binary thinkers were like yes that card means that and that only like that right. exact thing well the heindel deck it is so much like the creator was like we're going to throw literally everything I can think of on this card and we're going to see what you do. <laughs> like, it's so multidimensional in this particular yeah. deck. There's so many ways you can go with it. Like threw like <laughs> magazine pieces at it and he was like, whatever sticks is the chair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the only thing that's similar is the, almost the wheels, the, the essentially useless wheels to the vessel. That's what I think of. Why do you think that it is useless? Like what, because it's useless wheels in this picture with the Heindel deck, why do you think that fits the meaning of the chariot? Because the motion doesn't come from the chariot. The motion and the evolution comes from the individual doing the movement themselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I, this is a specific mean me thing because mm -hmm. when I'm reading for other people in the chariot comes up, it means something else. But for me, it comes up and it's like, okay, you've been doing the same thing forever and ever and ever it works, but you're not going anywhere. It's such a mm -hmm. comfort zone card. It's mm -hmm. a, and I talked about this in a, in Amanda's episode, um, which is episode two, but it's so much, she asked about if in the chariot, when you're, when you're there, like at what point you decide to leave it or if most people live their lives in a chariot. And while we all go through each of these cards in different ways, because our body is made up of cells and I imagine each cell is a cycle in our body mm. and we're all going through different things at different times. But I feel like there are a lot of people that they enter the chariot like professionally or in their life and they just fucking ride that out. Like they're yeah. in the comfort zone 
And I feel like people that are drawn to tarot, when we get into like this rut and this comfort zone where we're not expanding, we recognize that and we freak the fuck out. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. When a chariot comes up for you, like what is it in like regards to reading for yourself? Yeah, a lot of times it has to do with me breaking down constructs or breaking down the idea of what I am doing and stepping into the actuality of it. You know, it has a lot of times it comes up when I, when I'm, I'm caught in a, uh, almost like, a. I almost want to say fantasy, but that's not quite the right word, but more, more getting, um, being more married to the idea of what I want to accomplish or achieve or dive into. Say that again. Like a very optimistic view. Exactly. And like an idealized and very well constructed and, um, not at all grounded in reality, not at all grounded with feet on the floor. (laughs) And it's like a seven of cups S situation, which is so fascinating because chariots also card seven, the major arcana. Right. Right. Yes. And it's all about needing to remove myself from that, uh, the fantasy and into the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, it is such a realist, like the chariot true. I feel, and I feel like sevens in general throughout the tarot are such a self-realization, self-awareness yes. type number that it really does bring you into that essence of realism before you get to the eight, which is like total self-transformation, like okay. making a decision based off of what you come to terms with in a seven. Yeah. And, uh, and so for you to say, it really makes me focus in on the realism of the things that have to happen next because that like basically tells you where to go next. Which yeah. Is and it's not always fun, you know, like no. it's not always like, it's not all dreaming, you know, it's not all, not all uh, just manifesting and waving my wand and here it comes, you know, there has to be yeah. some hands in the dirt. Yeah. It's like, cause that's a six in my head when we're in that like heartfelt, like, Oh, this thing that I've thought of brings me so much joy and I want to do that. And I'm really figuring out how I can make that work for myself and make space in my heart. And then you get to the seven and then you're like, Oh, now I have to like figure out how to do that thing. And then yeah. you figure out if you're really ready to commit or not. Yes. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like, are you actually going to do the thing or are you going to dream about the thing (laughs) and consider how nice it would be if you had the thing. And it can feel so much like, because the next card, so this is the final card in the lifeline. And then we start Mm -hmm. up again in strength in the Smith Mm -hmm. Rider weight in the the death line. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like in the chariot, it is like, you know, when you have like, (laughs) you know, when there's an explosion, um, all the time. No, I think you're just blowing up around you. So it's like when you get to like the most, like you're like closing in right before the boom. I feel mm. like strength is that pressurized moment, but I feel like in the seven, we're like crunching and, and Megan can see me on video. So she sees that my hands are doing a weird thing. You all can't see that what I'm doing is putting my hands in a circle and then crunching an invisible, what looks like a sandwich. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now, you know, um, now, you know, truly is, it is a very, cause that's like the, the thing about the chariot, right? It's either a very comfortable place to be, or it's a very uncomfortable place to be. 
And either one, you know, holds a different flavor of hoisting oneself out of the seat, <laughs> you know, depending on your particular uh, inclinations, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And also chariot. So this was always surprising to me when learning tarot. So a lot of the major arcana um, for people that are very, very new to tarot correlates to astrological signs and the chariot relates to cancer, yeah. which is so wild because as a baby, like learning, learning this back in 2017, I was like, oh, how's the cancer? How's that crab, that yeah. little crab? Like, how does that relate <laughs> to the chariot? Like, yeah. Yeah. Off. I think it correlates somewhat to how we have to pick ourselves up almost, almost like a bootstraps kind of a thing. Like you're being provoked into, into maybe even reactive states by the thought of shifting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Maybe this is evidence that, that this is the process that's, that's being asked of us. We're being asked to, uh, to do a little more, a little more work, actual work. Yeah. Yes. It is so much. I feel as if when we re-tarot and we disassociate from the fact that it's ruled by cancer, it's so Mm -hmm. easy to get trapped in like the motion of the chariot. But like what you said in regards to it relating to cancer, crabs, they have skin, they shed, like they molt. I think mm-hmm. somebody that knows biology is like, no, they don't, Jacqueline. <laughs> I've heard crabs shed skin or they molt or they're changing, you know, like they're shellfish. They have to like, kind of like, and I think that crabs, they don't find different shells. I think they expand with them. Mm. They're like, they're soft bodied and they have that shell that grows. And it, we don't do that unless we are emotionally driven to do that. We don't make big changes, make big decisions, leave a comfort zone unless we are emotionally triggered to do so. Mm. Otherwise, we'd never go to the next thing. Things right. naturally via nature, and because humans are nature, we do the same thing, regardless of what we're doing. Things naturally find an ending point. You know, even a relationship that's going well, even when, even when you're completely in love with your husband, you reach a point where you realize, okay, um, we're totally fine, but there's a phase in our relationship that is ending and we're growing into these new things. And you have to grow together or that's when the discomfort happens. Right. But like speaking through your emotions about where you want to go next, you know, um, Gabe and I like have been talking like, okay, like eventually within the next year and a half, like we want to start a family and with endometriosis having person, me, that was the wackiest sentence I think I've ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Endometriosis having person, me (laughs) having endo. That involves a lot of planning way before we ever are actually ready to have kids. So we're in this weird like chariot place of like recognizing that eventually we're going to be ready for a family, but to be able to do that, we have to start planning now, which is really a scary chariot thing because it is very emotionally driven planning for a family. You're not ready for to have one when you are ready for it. Mm -hmm. I think also a lot of time with the, uh, the connection to cancer, it might sort of be, uh, a little bit of a reality check a little bit. So, uh, maybe in the questioning process of whether or not we're going to leave where we are in the chariot, you know, we, we have to ask, are we actually fulfilled? Are we actually, you know, being cared for and nurtured and, um, challenged to grow? Um, yeah, it is such a, I feel like it chariot is one of those cards that people pull and they're like, Oh, the chariot. And I, but there's yeah. so much delicious medicine inside the chariot, like so many things to compact. 
Um, yes. Unpack. What the <laughs> words for me are very... <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. But it is, there's so much to unpack in the chariot mm-hmm. because it is a really like in-depth card. There are two in the Smith Rider White Sphinxes at, at, at the front. What do mm-hmm. you, you feel, I see your face. You, I feel like you have something to say. I want to hear about it. Well, I, it's something actually that Lindsay Mack pointed out to me that really stuck in my head was that the Sphinxes don't go anywhere. They're not actually going to pull the chariot. No, you know, not. like <laughs> if you really want to move forward, you have to get out. You have to get out. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's like the sentence for the chariot. I mean, you have to learn to, uh, at least sometimes I think in my deck, in the Heindel deck that, you know, it's about a little bit about riding the waves yeah, because this figure is on this very sort of unsteady vessel, but is still standing, you know, with their arms wide open and just riding the waves as it were. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, and then I think a little deeper about the, the Sphinx and I think about the riddles of the Sphinx, you know, yeah. and like, we, we have to question, we have to question if this is right for us and what is next if it's not. And we have to like, to get to like the next thing, it's almost like you have to come with the right answer. Right. Like you Mm -hmm. have to have done the research. You have to have really thought about it. You can't just like coast. Yes. On like a wavelength of like not having all of the information. Like you said earlier with the seven being like self-realization and coming to a conclusion, you Mm -hmm. have to be able to go to them with something. But one of the things when you were talking about the Sphinxes laying down that I thought was really fun is that this person, they are already out of the kingdom, right? They were in a kingdom in like Mm -hmm. a place that is ruled by everything that they've been told about. Um, they are riding out and then their steeds, their little sphinx steed horses things, just like lay down. Lay down like, and take a nap. <laughs> they're like, no, we're not going any further. Listen, we got you out of the place that you wanted to get out of. Yeah. We are done. If you want to go further, you're going to have to get out and hitchhike a little bit or mm. walk or figure something else out because yep. you, as far, and like it speaks to this thing of like source and magic mm. can only take you so much. You really yes. have to dive into yourself at a mm-hmm. certain point and make the decision about where you're going next. And I love the idea that from the chariot, you go into the death line of strength. Like it's almost like mm. you got out, you started walking the, you left your animals back behind cause they stopped yeah. being at all. And then you find a lion. So now yeah. you've got like a whole nother, a whole nother beast to work with and, mm-hmm. and like be friends because in the chariot, I feel like you have these things that you've kind of been like having work for you and then they quit. And then strength, you have to find a way to work with something else that could eat you Mm -hmm. or that domesticate. There really is like this trust that you have to find there. And Mm -hmm. just the, the, that is the brilliance of Pamela Coleman Smith in regards like her pictures. They really do tell this cohesive story uh, that just fascinates me. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Heindel deck, it's funny because the beast is actually on the card. It's behind you. You can't see it yet. (laughs) But you have to change your perspective in order to be able to face it. Oh, it's so fun. I love that we pulled this card. What's really cool is that so far in regards to these interviews, the card that we talk about is 100% something that's coming up in our lives currently. Mm. Like, um which I find really interesting because I really have been every time I do one of these, I end up pulling that card that we mm. talk about for the not for that next week. And it's such mm. a blessing because it, it truly feels like that. And in regards to the chariot, like I'm doing this thing this morning was zoom is really hard to work on. I'm an eight year old woman on the inside. <laughs> 
and anything digital like scares the fucking crap out of me. And yeah. so I got there this morning and I'm like sitting with my cup of coffee, like shaking and Gabe's like, why are you, you this is fun. And I'm like, listen, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. How <laughs> this to is the unknown territory, sir. <laughs> the lions have stopped moving. My horses yeah. have died. Um, and, and I've had too much coffee. And so like, I feel like for me, it really was like getting out of like this comfort zone and learning how to use Zoom and you have the privilege or, you know, like, I have the privilege rather you're the first person like I've had outside of my studio that mm. I interview via zoom. And so this is such an incredible opportunity. And it's just like, I got out and I figured out, I found my line and I figured out how to work with it. Yeah, um, man. Line is zoom. Zoom is very, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And, like, and you know what? This is my very, very, very first podcast interview. Ah, and I was terrified to do it. Yeah. It's, I've never, Never, never. So I had to get out of my comfort zone too. So Such we're in it together, babe. <laughs> I just, I can't get over. I've been like, like so excited for this because you yeah. have, hey, you have such a connection to tarot in this way that it just like, it absolutely flabbergasts me just how amazing brains work, right? Mm. You bring so much to the table that is so uniquely you in regards to the way that you do it, that is so applicable. And I feel, you know, tarot is such a fingerprint almost to the person that, mm. that has the cards because we all think and are such different, unique individuals. It means that we read tarot that way. And yes. there's something so like fulfilling about your relationship with the cards. And so like having like the ability to have you on to talk, I've just been like, Jacqueline. Ah! <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? That's one of my favorite things about tarot is how it's so universal and yet highly individual, you know, and it seems like one of those things that you really couldn't be able to reconcile. And that's the magic is that you can. Yeah. <laughs> it and, it's, happens. and what's wild. I, and I love that I'm getting to talk to you too about your journey, learning it because you are another person a lot like, a lot like me. And of course this was, you've had them longer, but you essentially taught yourself yes, the meaning I of did. the cards mm -hmm. and yeah. they lined up so well with like that collective energy. It's, it's this feeling of like, for me, it was like when I got onto Instagram and I realized that like there were people that like read tarot yeah. in this community. Um, I was like, Oh my God, I read so similarly to a person in New Zealand that, Isn't that funny? I've never met before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it absolutely, it makes you believe in magic and in like oh, yeah. connection. Oh yeah. I mean, it's nuts. It um, was a big, that was a big confirmation for me that in finding that and finding those similarities, even though I had never really studied, like I'd never really studied until I went through um, Lindsay's course. Yeah. And that was the first time I had actually been taught by someone. And I was like, wow there's really that collective unconscious that we all actually have. Like it's a real actual thing. It was real evidence of that. It really opened up some stuff in my mind. And it's so wonderful. And it's another reason that like this podcast like has been like sitting on my head for so long, just because there are so many people that I've talked to. They're like, I want to learn tarot, but I don't know how, and I don't think I can do it right. And I'm like, no, we can all do it. Like, mm -hmm regardless of if like I have a, I have a guest lined up in the future who they don't read tarot. They don't even have a deck. I and love it. Isn't that fun? I'm I love it. Tarot and like pick out a card and talk about it with me. 
And, you know, it's one of those things where the tarot is this 78 card collection of the human experience, mm-hmm. start to finish, and then everything we do during the day, because we all go through life, death, rebirth daily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a minute by minute occasionally, and sometimes we don't even know where it's happening. And that means that people who don't have a deck can come in and sit down and talk about the cards yes. in this way without having to have, like... a a certificate or teaching. And so that when they do, if they make that decision, when they're ready to, to find, you know, further teaching or join like a study group, there's this like, um, like everyone's holding hands, like, Hey, like welcome into this thing because we're all kind of in this boat together. And I don't know. I I get, (laughs) yeah, I, uh, I get to see that a lot. Um, I started a, uh, a tarot circle here in New Hampshire must've been, a year or two ago. And, um, the place that I originally started, it has since closed. And one of the students that started coming, he came to the first one and came to every single one after that. And he's the only other like seasoned reader who's come. And, uh, we just got along so well that we just decided to, when we needed to find a new location, I invited him to co-facilitate with me. So we, we run this monthly tarot circle where most of the time we get folks who have either read a little bit here and there, or they've never read before ever. And, you know, people will come in and essentially how it goes is people volunteer to receive a reading. And then we just either Chris or I will draw some cards and we just open it up to the circle to interpret whatever it is they see. And I'm telling you, every single new person who comes, it's like they've been reading for years. It's, it's pretty, it's remarkable. Like when you, when you allow yourself this space for the intuition to flow, you know, it, it's really nothing to be scared of or intimidated by. And I, it's, it's one of the reasons I love that you're doing this podcast is just to show that, to be able to like show that kind of magic. kind of Yeah. Great. <laughs> oh my gosh, it just fills my heart up. Like it's so it's so amazing that when you give people a voice automatically and you take out the like this the the seniorism, that's not a word either. The seniority. Seniority. Right. <laughs> seniorism. Look at what you're putting down though. I got like I went straight to ageism. Like <laughs> um, Lord have mercy on me. Yeah. Uh, when you take out the seniority and you and you become a teacher who's equally a student. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like magic happens from that by giving everybody yes. this equal voice. And I want that so desperately for so many people I know, especially because the mental health system is so fucked. Nobody can afford, like, you know, like if you can, like that's such a privilege, but nobody can afford yeah. like therapy these days. Mm-hmm. I can't. And nope. tarot is not like a cure by any means, but it definitely is a coping mechanism. It sure it, helps. It's <laughs> like when you're like in the, and you're in the deepest part of your contraction and you're being confronted by these things that aid your healing and you don't, but you don't know how to carry them. Tarot yeah. is such a, it's like an extra hand. Mm-hmm. Um, not a cure, but definitely an extra hand. Can I tell you something you've taught me? Tell me. Oh my God. <laughs> so earlier you were talking about, you were talking about the card and about how the animals, what, cause it's different for every, for every deck lay down. That is something that I'd recognized, but I not put thought into, but it is something that has opened up this window for me into the chariot about having to get out and walk to the next thing, which makes so much sense and absolutely like has deepened my understanding in this moment and going forward of the chariot as kind of this like 
like when I did that sandwich thing with my hands earlier, like mm-hmm. the pressurization before you get to strength and that's the, like, that's the explosion. It's, yeah. uh, that is such a really beautiful sentiment. And that if you had not pointed that out and we hadn't had that conversation, I wouldn't have been able to probably have that deep, like medicinal understanding of the chariot. It is such a privilege to be able to, to do this. Megan. Yeah. Anything you want to, do you have anything you want to add? I don't know that I do. (laughs) I feel really, really good about this. (laughs) (laughs) These conversations are so healing and I'm so excited to like, I'm really excited to go back on this episode because the chariot, like, you know, we all have cards we really relate to and we have cards, we, we embrace all the cards, but we have cards we relate to and cards that they come up and we're like, okay, Mm. chariot's one of those cards for me. It comes up and I'm always like, okay. (laughs) I am like that as well. I'm very much like that with the chariot. Every time it comes up, I have to really, I have to really sink in to receive (laughs) what it's trying to tell me. Yeah. And then if it comes in reverse, God, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm moving. So my car actually broke down earlier this week. It was Tuesday morning. And the night before I pulled the chariot in reverse and I was like, huh. And then (laughs) then the next day I'm like halfway, I drive an hour to work every day there and back. And like at the halfway point, my car died and I went, Oh, Oh. Uh. so hero is as deep and like in Mm -hmm. the heart and in the body, in your cells, but it's also very like on like the top of the top, like your car's dead. Like, (laughs) yeah, man, it's going to break down. It runs the gambit, the uh, ridiculous to the sublime. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thanks for having me. This has been absolutely wonderful, and uh, I have to have you back on because I have like get to repeat um, <laughs> anytime. Like, every conversation I have, I'm like, I want to have another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we're, really, we're done. Like, <laughs> you know? well, yes. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, I just absolutely adore you. Likewise, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Y'all, can we just give Megan the biggest in-your-car round of applause that we will all just feel spiritually? Uh, This is, as you all know, the part of the podcast where I come out and talk about the joys of knitting. It's the collective reading. This week, the card I have pulled is the Four of Cups, which is a really familiar card to me right now, as this was my card throughout all of January. So I've had a really uh, long time to kind of sit with this energy. And so in the coming week, I urge you not to just think about the things you're being given and you aren't seeing. Um, Because we know that in the Four of Cups, it's so much about, you know, the universe in the self, the universe of the self, trusting that source is giving them something. When we think about this card this week, I want you to think about it more along the lines of being, what are you reaching for? And how are you intuitively making that happen? Where are you investing yourself? Uh, 
and how can you reach for more? Because here's the deal, and I, uh, I think that sometimes we forget this, it's that you can't just make a vision board or say this is going to happen and expect it to happen. You have to meet source. You have to go and you have to want to reach for something as much as you want to be given it. Uh, so that is the short and sweet uh, collective reading this week. Um, before we log off, I just want to say this. <laughs> um, the reason I ask for people to rate and subscribe is because it helps get the podcast up in the charts so that more people who need this podcast can see it for whatever reason. Uh, Apple Podcast demands um, engagement uh, to, to move something farther along in, in the charts so that other people can get to this podcast. So if you feel led or called or you enjoyed this podcast, anything from just rating to reviewing to subscribing is a huge help, not to just this podcast, but to the people um, innocently sitting in their homes who didn't know they needed this. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for being here in this episode. You can find Megan at Ancient Site Holistics on Instagram and all of her amazing websites and other offerings in the show notes. Thank you so much and have a great week. Music.